Are you a sheep? No. You're a dragon. Be a dragon. This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because girls don't play, girls games. Don't play games. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into their prime to be the role models, dreams and voices. Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Herring, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, I'm Amanda, and with me today is my awesome, wonderful, hilarious, wonderful, extraordinary Monica, who has very good hair today, Monica. Hello and welcome to Geek Herring, episode number 43. Wow, that was a nice intro. That was really great. We should try that again. Like, we should try and replicate that through more whatever hi amanda is what i'm saying thanks for the compliments on my hair hi monica you're welcome i only give compliments when they're deserved oh so that's nice thanks even though i haven't washed it today yet but whatever too much information i guess (laughs) how are you doing i'm doing pretty good how are you okay (laughs) you sound really great compared to last week so it doesn't even nobody notices yeah, that's the benefits of having Tom from Three Extra Lives step in and record an episode on your behalf when you don't have a voice. It was really, I mean, it would have been pretty hilarious, but then I guess it would be more harmful to your health to have done that episode. But it was a bit funny to listen to you, I have to admit. Yeah, at least like come Monday, I had a little bit of a voice. It was just, it wasn't a very podcast worthy voice, you know? <laughs> And even now, like, I still I, I still don't feel 100% in the voice department. So if it breaks, uh, sorry. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> uh, what do you mean you can't influence your health and voice situation? <laughs> anyway, what have you been up to while not speaking? Um, while not speaking, I, it still didn't stop me finishing, like, painting the kitchen. And driving my parents to Dublin. My parents are gone now after spending time with them for five weeks. um, Which was crazy. But you know what I did on Friday night? What did you do on Friday night? I resubbed to Warcraft. Ooh, you all fell down that hole again. Yes, it happened. It happened a lot. I played Friday night. I played most of the day on Saturday. And I can safely say that I played all day on Sunday. That's, I mean, I know the feeling, just not with Warcraft, but it happens quickly sometimes and it gets you. It it got me good because before we went to Canada, or yeah, before we went to Canada, like last year when the Battle for Azeroth expansion first came out, and like I was really enjoying it, properly obsessed with it. We even had Syl on the show um, to talk about the all the badass women in Warcraft, right? And it was just fantastic. Then when we went to Canada... I kind of, I let my subscription run out because I didn't have good internet access or a good computer to play it on. And then there was so much hatred for Warcraft coming out of the woodwork, like nobody was enjoying it, everyone thought it was the worst expansion ever, blah, 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 bullshit this, bullshit that. Um, But Tom started playing it, Uh, he got three free days, we both got three free days of game time a few weeks ago, it was just something that Blizzard was doing, and he played and he resubbed and he was like, oh, I'm having a lot of fun. So I played my free three days. That's really hard to say. That's really hard to say. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I played it. Was it last weekend or the weekend before? And I was like, oh fuck, I think I've got the bug back. And yeah, it's back. It's back, baby, with a vengeance. (laughs) (laughs) It's back, baby. (laughs) But that's cool. Yeah. Sometimes maybe I don't know. We often get influenced by so much shit from the outside, and then we forget that we actually enjoyed something and just because the mass thinks it's shit doesn't mean it actually is i sometimes feel it's just a spiral downwards where because a lot of people say something sucks and you can't properly commit and say but i don't think it sucks and then yeah no i exactly agree with you it's just like 
I wasn't necessarily being influenced by the masses, but I was definitely letting other things take priority, which is maybe not a bad thing because I got to experience like other books and other games that mm. maybe I wouldn't have uh, necessarily played. And that's how I ended up playing Final Fantasy. So, you know, true. Give and take. Good and bad. All that stuff. Yeah, it comes and goes. I guess yeah. comes and goes. <laughs> and I feel Warcraft is probably a game where that works. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah, to I come think and so. Go, come and go. Yeah, I mean, I'm nearly completed all the, like, expansion stuff. Nearly, not completely. Um, and I just need to grind for rep, which is always fun. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound like it, even though I have no idea what you mean, but it doesn't sound like fun. It's fine. It's uh, It'll eventually stop being an all-day thing, and I'll just do other things as well. It'll be <laughs> fine. When you're caught up, it's not so bad. Said something like doing dungeon runs uh, or... Dungeon roulette in Final Fantasy that you didn't enjoy that much? Yeah. Okay, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Only it's stuff that you don't have to do in dungeons with people. So, uh, therefore, I like it. <sighs> I don't, still don't understand why I don't like dungeons with people. I but just don't like about, people. But the Final Fantasy people are really decent. Like, of course, there are some idiots, but in general, I did most of my dungeons with randos, and it was a good experience. It's good. I'm glad. Maybe you just... But I heard that the Warcraft dungeon situation is different. Or maybe you're influenced by your influences in Warcraft. Yeah. Also, you were a tank in Final Fantasy, and I understand how that is an issue. Yeah, it's a little bit stressful. Um, No, I think my issue with dungeons is that... In Final Fantasy, it, like, stops you from progressing the story, whereas in Warcraft, it doesn't stop you from progressing the story. Like, if I don't want to go to a dungeon, it's not going to stop me from getting to the next stage of the story, Mm. whereas in Final Fantasy, it does, and that really bugs me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... But what about you? What have you been up to? What have I been up to? I listened to Geek Girl in the News yesterday, and I heard that you were binging a new TV show. Well, I was in that regard, I had seen quite a bit of it already, so I didn't have to binge through five seasons of Jane the Virgin, <laughs> but I definitely binged through the last few uh, episodes of it. Well, don't I mean, spoil it for me, because I, when my parents got here, I haven't watched any uh, recent Jane, so like I've only seen about half the new season, so... Half no the, of the fifth season? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. No but you know that it's the final season, right? I do. Okay, cool. So that's not a spoiler when I <laughs> tell you that. No, I won't. I just watched the last episode today. So, mm. yeah, it's a great show. I love it. It's, I feel I didn't appreciate it as much when I started to watch it. since we And I started it before we started the podcast, right? So it's already five years old, I guess. So I started it some in the early days. And I feel now, after we've done the podcast for so long, it also changed my view of the show, partly. So that's why I appreciate it even more now Hmm. than I did when I initially started it, because I feel it does really a lot for representation in all of, in so many different fields. Yeah, it ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I didn't appreciate it as much when I started to watch it, but now I do more, so I'm, no, I'm kind of sad that it's over. <laughs> but it was. Well, I need good... to make some time to finish the season now. Yeah, it's nice. You told me the last time you were Team Raphael, mm-hmm. so I really like Justin Baldoni. I mean, we've talked about him already a few times because he's very open about toxic masculinity and how that's also a problem for men and he's generally really uh, more of a vulnerable guy who Mm. shows a lot of his emotions in general which i totally love Mm -hmm. and he also directed in the movie five feet apart have you heard that no okay i think it is on netflix i'm not entirely sure they have cystic fibrosis and they meet in the hospital and they fall in love so So it must be such a sad story. And he directed it. So I assume that it's really uh, something that will make me cry heavy tears. So I definitely want to watch that. I just like that guy in general, despite him being 
raped and stuff. Oh. But yeah, otherwise geeky stuff. I didn't. I did worked a lot on the weekend, so not a lot of geeky stuff happening for me this mm. week. But yeah, that's all the news from my that's end. All the news. Well, I'll tell you the other geeky thing that we did over the month of July and finished actually on Saturday night. We watched Stranger Things season three. Ha! Finally. I know. And like, that's... well, it's only been out from what July, anyways. How is that an excuse? July fourth, <laughs> and I finished it August third. Like that's not too bad. Well, yes, okay, it's not too bad considering you all had visitors and stuff. We had visitors who like to watch the news. Does he have this? The world sucks anyway, and we all go to to go to shit sentiment towards the world. One of his favorite quotes is "Gravity doesn't exist. The Earth sucks." <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's a great quote. I don't know if it's an actual <laughs> quote or if he made it or if it's an Alanism. I don't know, but yeah. Either way, it's great. That's my daddy <laughs> Sometimes I guess it makes more sense to watch the news than to watch random shit shows like I do. Doesn't yeah. always bring joy. <laughs> <laughs> well, his other favorite shows include Family Feud and pretty much any British crime TV show interesting Mm -hmm. but since you mentioned it you tried to lead us into this week's topic i did so enough about my dad let's talk about stranger things yes stranger things you finished it and we touched on it a bit in the last episode with geek girly news but we feel it deserves an actual episode Mm mm-hmm because I don't remember when our last Geeking Out episode was, but this is definitely going to be one of them now. Yeah, and it was probably pretty recently, I think, when we were geeking out about Marvel's Phase 4. But we can geek out about Stranger Things as well. Yeah, we're a geek podcast. We can geek out about anything we want. We make uh-huh. our own rules! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> and we can geek out about, especially about things with strong female characters, which, I don't know if you noticed, but Stranger Things... Three is abundant with them. Oh, I hear you, I hear you. So, should we introduce people in general who haven't watched the series? What if is it? If you haven't watched Stranger Things 3, why the hell not? It's like the best thing on TV right now. I don't even know if, if I would subscribe to that, and I have mentioned it already once or twice, but if you have not watched it, it's basically a show. Is it a mystery show? No. Series? Paranormal? No. Paranormal? So, Ish. in general, it's set in the 80s. That's something that is really hardcore trending in the last couple of years. So, it's a show that has, is set in the 80s. And it's they called it a science fiction horror web television series. Yeah, which I'm accurate. not entirely sure. If, horror, though? This season was pretty creepy. I was, like, proper... I thought it was creepy. I thought it was quite scary, actually, at times. I was like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't know if I find... When I think of horror movies, I think of movies like Halloween or Scream or Friday the 13th, something along those lines. And for me, that's not one of them. Mm. Or it's like psychic horror where it's dark and scary. Well, that's okay. That would fit the bill somehow, but it's... Yeah, and like you just talked to yourself right around. This isn't horror, too. Like, oh, actually, this is a horror No, it's series. a bit more paranormal, as you said. But I think that paranormal and horror can have, like, that a fine line between them. Yeah, you're right, I guess. It didn't feel like horror to me, though. But yeah, I can see how some people might consider it horror for them. The first two seasons, I wouldn't say was horror. Um, I would say it was definitely, like, just the paranormal science fiction elements. But yeah. this season, there was definitely, definitely a scary element. Like, I even said to Tom, I think after episode four or something, I was like, oh, this this season is super creepy. Like, I am, I'm, I'm scared watching it. Which was nice, because I don't get scared watching stuff unless it's ghosts. So, it's cool. I feel in general, the third season now, they changed things up in that one. Mm-hmm. And I can't really put my finger on it what it was. For me, the first two seasons were like, yeah, here, yeah, and paranormal and, and, and upside down and blah, blah. So I, but something happened here 
it was and i don't know if it's just like the longer you watch something the more you get into it because the more you want to know what's going on but i don't feel it's that i think it's something else that they changed during that season maybe it's because they focus a lot on the character's development in that season and and how their history also influenced what's going on yeah, there is definitely like character history come into this because we know the characters now. We've met them. We've grown up with them since they were just kids when we started watching. I mean, they still are, but they have definitely yeah. grown up. But along with that, I think that there was a more comical approach at times. Like there was definitely that kind of 80s cheesy humor, which helped tie everything together all of a sudden. Like even though it was creepy, even though it was times that it was downright scary, times that it was just really gross <laughs> um but all like overarching there was humor like it was funny there was funny things and there was definitely a lot of um like 80s easter eggs like things and and references to shows and movies from the 80s which was kind of fun to pick up on i think it's so interesting because we talk a lot about that what we see now is hardcore American culture, right? So it's not something that I, as an Austrian, in case I haven't mentioned it in this episode in, yet. Um, but you're from Austria? Yes, right? I just need to remind people constantly <laughs> where I'm from, because why the hell not? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it's, it's nothing where I would be wow that I can so remember or that I can so recall like you mentioned when we watched the Captain or when we talked about Captain Marvel that growing up in North America during that time it gave you a lot of triggers as on how you experience life back then so I did not have that at all in that case it was interesting to see how that happened though like how how the things that you see now, the situation that's going on now with all the malls, how how public how popular that was when they first came out and that wasn't always a thing in the US and it's just also some I mean not obviously hardcore historical backflash, but kind of interesting backflash to experience post happening. Yeah, there was Definitely some nostalgia for me. Um, like, I know I was only a child, like a young kid in the 80s. But also, I'm from Canada, and we got to things, like, a few years later than the States. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> there was... <laughs> the early 90s in Canada was kind of like the 80s in the States, you know? <laughs> just for... Where, you know, we're the, the little brother trying to tag up, tie, you know, follow up <laughs> to our big brother or something, whatever. Um, there was some hardcore nostalgia. Like, I, I wore a lot of neon in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> I caught myself thinking, I want that shirt that Eleven is wearing. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have to tell you, I was in a shop last week in Lauren, um, so just like 10 miles from here, and there was this shorts and shirt suit, and it looked exactly like what she was wearing, and I was like, oh my Dude, they're gosh. selling it on the, the Levi's page. Oh, really? Well, it oh, might yeah, have been... So yeah. the actual shirt she was wearing with the yes with the suspenders and the pants. Yeah, no, it wasn't that one. It was the one that when her and Max first went shopping, and she like got the wee shorts and the shirt, the button up shirt with the big collar, and it was all like the uh, '80s neon fabric. It was that, and I was like, "Oh my god, I want this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that's really hard coming back now as well. <laughs> yeah, super excited about it. Yeah kind of want to go to the store tomorrow and see if it's still there and try it on i hear you just casually you know i know well, if i would tuck my shirt into pants i would probably also go ahead and buy that thing with the suspenders and the pants but i just think that looks very ridiculous on me so i wouldn't do that it so would look I'm... really ridiculous on me the way it was crossed over at the front it would just like <laughs> make the boob situation really weird <laughs> Well, but Eleven is a very young, very pretty girl, so she can basically wear everything. Yeah. Yeah. But on the season, for, it was really different for me this time. It was the one that I, up until now I enjoyed the most. And I f think it's because, yes, you saw them grow up, but I think they told more story about the characters this time. So they had mm -hmm. more 
things that affected that had to do with how they built a relationship together and all the different kinds of relationships, right? So it wasn't only them being teenagers and being all in love and not knowing how to handle all the butterflies and all the fields and all the stuff, but also also how friendship develops and, and, and how your history also and what you've experienced. I feel we learned a lot more about why people were where they were than in the pre previous two seasons which i'm not sure is something that's normal i don't know what do you think do you think it's normal that you only get more insights to the characters in later seasons yeah i think so um because the first season of most shows you're really just presenting a, a theme an idea uh, a plot like people at that stage they don't really connect with the characters they connect with what's going on But then as you start to learn more about the characters through the seasons, you, there's definitely going to be more insight into who they are, what their background is, where they're coming from, than there is in the first season. Yeah. Like, think I mean, about Buffy season one. Is a common ground as here? If, as if I would remember that. Okay. I still haven't watched that. Think I tried to think. Gilmore Girls season one. Okay. Like, we don't get to know that much about Lorelai and Rory. We, like, see them on a superficial level, right? We get to know their characters a little bit, but it's only as the seasons progress that we learn more about what makes them tick, what makes them, what do they you love. You think so? Oh, I'm definitely. not sure if I can subscribe to that, to be honest. I feel you immediately have something with the Gilmore Girls where you, yes, of course, you can't know their entire story right in the first season, but you immediately know that's a mother-daughter relationship that's really special, that she had issues with her parents, that's why she left them. And I feel it all immediately builds on their relationship and describes, makes that the set, that's the center of the story. I mean, in general, it's the center of the story, but you immediately connect to them and their relationship, whereas that didn't really happen. For, maybe that's why I didn't enjoy the first two seasons, seasons as much. Maybe it's also the fact that they're children, like they're, what, 10, 11 years old in the first couple of seasons, so they don't actually have that much personality. They don't have a backstory. They don't have that much to give. Age could definitely play a factor. Maybe, do you think maybe because they were so young, I couldn't as much relate to them as well in that moment because I'm now way older and I would more when I were 11? Yeah. Or how old they were, maybe. 11, 12 or whatever. Yeah, maybe, definitely yeah. a consideration. Yeah. And also, like, they were 11-year-old children put in a really tense situation from, like, pretty much moment one in that show. So we, they didn't have a chance to show you anything that they liked other than Dungeons yeah. and Dragons, which is legit cool, so. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And, I mean, you, after the third season, you can also, you also cannot milk the cow with the paranormal thing as much anymore because you milked it two seasons already so you need something else to keep people in the series mm -hmm. and they certainly did this season with with all the strong friendships yeah which was pretty much what this season was about you know also there was like the big gross thing but more than anything it was the friendships I think that's what I connected to the most because I'm really disgusted by all these Demi Gorgon's gross <laughs> things. So they are really... And it was really gross this season, I find. Like, more gross than in previous seasons. And it wasn't pretty in previous seasons either, but this time it was just... Disgusting. Ugh. It was yeah. really gross. Yeah, 100% <laughs> agree. It was like, there was one night we were eating uh, chili or curry or something and it was like red and chickpeas and stuff and... There was a scene with, you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it was just like, oh. I can't, like, I get goosebumps just thinking about this. And that's so gross. <laughs> that's my issue with paranormal stuff, because it's always really gross. And I don't know what it is. Even if it's blood or something, I'm not as grossed out than when it's a weird, bleh, doughy situation kind of thing. Yeah, no, it's unpleasant to say the least. <laughs> That's very, very nicely put. I'm a nice person sometimes. Yeah, but... Ugh. 
just thinking about this sometimes. It's really. <laughs> That's also why I just saw one season of freaking X Files and stopped watching after, because X-Files it was too gross. X Files is so good, though. You just need it... to get over your grossness and watch it. I can't, dude. I can't smell anything. I'm fine with people farting next to me, talking about poop all the time. But I really, I even I have my limits. Apparently, it's paranormal, <laughs> gross, slimy things. yeah i know it's hard hard life i'm living (laughs) i was gonna say it sounds such a hard life monica (laughs) yeah relationships friendships what are your takeaways um i have two yes number one their relationship between 11 and max was phenomenal because they kind of started out the season a bit as rivals or like not being too sure about being the only girls in their boy gang um and by what episode three or four they were besties and just that development and evolution of female friendship was i loved every every second of it and my other takeaway is between dustin and steve because both of them are like just genuinely my favorite characters i love them um steve was such a douche in the first season um and then his I, I didn't like him but starting season two i was like i love steve he's such a such a good character and i mean i suppose like that is a real credit to joe Carey, the actor because in season one i really did not like him and like <laughs> to have that kind of response is is pretty cool when you're like oh wow i did not like that character good actor um and then did have a total one, 180 and like him yeah. from season two so it was um it was cool um and the thing that i really liked about uh dustin and steve is the age difference and that it was like cool and normal for steve to be friends with a kid like say five years younger than him mm-hmm. um which like is a wee bit weird i guess but it's also cool let's be honest it's just a wee bit weird when you're in that age around mm-hmm. that they are in or that they portray to be in because 10 years down the line nobody gives a shit anymore yeah but in that a year seems like age ages when you're 12 or 11 or whatever so yeah exactly yeah so i'm trying to think like say they're 13 right now i'm not actually even sure what age they're supposed to be in this show so let's say that they're like 13 and then i i assume that that steve would be around like 17 or 18 because he's just graduated So he's getting ready to go off to college or, well, not, as the case may be. Um, So that's like a four or five year age difference, which now for us, like, so I'm 33. So being friends with somebody 28 is not unheard of. Like I've got friends that are 28. But when I was 18 to have to be friends with a 13 year old, like that kind of good friends, it was unheard of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. I find that the portrayal of Steve in general is something that speaks so much about school dynamics and actually how being the super popular kid in school doesn't mean shit in real life sometimes. Mm, Because that's often something that kids aspire. They want to be the popular one because they're liked by everyone, but that doesn't mean anything in the end. It doesn't, on the one hand, it doesn't mean that they're automatically assholes like it was portrayed in the first season so yes he was in the role he was an ass but he also had big emotions for nancy in that regard but also it doesn't mean that he can't he can't be a decent guy and it doesn't mean that his popularity remains after school Mm -hmm. and it always seems to kids in that age or to teenagers in that age that that's the most important thing in their life depends on it but it doesn't in in on the long term in the big picture it doesn't really no that reminds me of some like a real life story that i'm just going to hijack this conversation for um so i went to high school and there was obviously i went to high school and there was these (laughs) this group of guys that were uh four years older than us three three years older three or four it doesn't matter and um, there was three of them. Um, I'm not going to name them because you'll find out why. And they were like, quote unquote, the popular kids. Um, so they graduated, went off to university or college or whatever. And like these guys, okay, I'll try to try to describe them. So one of them was like Mr. Popular. They're all Mr. Popular. But one of them was like Mr. Almost Too Good. They're all friends. But he was like 
too, almost too good. He would talk to you, but not really, because um, he kind of he was funny and he was the everyman's man. And but he was he still kind of thought that he was too good for you. So we'll okay. call him like everyman's man. And then there was this guy who was like ridiculously attractive, and he was friendly with everyone. He had a brilliant personality. He worked at like a local store in the mall, and like he would chat with you and hang out with you like while at work and he was just really down to earth despite being super popular and then the third guy was totally different again he was like he was a skateboarder he was a snowboarder he didn't really talk to you anybody really but he was like too cool for school too cool for school but like the three of them were really good friends so anyways fast forward to the university year um one didn't go to university one did and one dropped out so the guy that dropped out was the everyman's man, the Mr. Like, I'm super popular, but also I'm kind of a dick. And he ended up going and working in our local mall. And um, just that's that's it. That's all he's ever done. As far as I know, he's still working in the local mall. And this mm-hmm. is like 14 years later. The guy that was too cool for school, uh, as far as I know, he is uh, just a big stoner right now. And he just snowboards like... But he's not a famous snowboarder, he just, like, goes to ski resorts, so he works at a ski resort, which is, like, totally legit. Like, I'm not saying that these are all, like, these are bad career choices or anything, I'm just saying, like, they kind of, these are the routes that they've taken. Um, And then Mr. Nice Guy uh, is now famous. He works for um, Entertainment Tonight in the States. Yeah, he's, like, still really famous, still really good looking, and still, like, super genuinely really nice to people. It's just, I don't know what my point was, but it just reminded me of, like, the being popular you can end up anywhere. You can end up anywhere. And it's not the be-all and end-all. But the thing that I think matters most, in particular about those three guys, is that the guy who was really nice to everyone, he's the one that's ended up on top. Yeah. I like that story. It's a good story. Thanks. It was kind of random and not really anything to do with what we're talking about. Oh, but, I yeah. feel it does. What? Because I think it's very important to remember that. Because kids these days think life is over. It's a life and death death situation when I mean and I'm not saying bullying isn't a tough situation to be in but I think if you consider that there is a an end in sight and that it doesn't because you're bullied now or because you have a tough time in school now doesn't mean that it has to be like that when you're older or it doesn't mean that your entire life is going to be like this and the same thing goes that it doesn't mean that all the popular kids will end up at the top they can they might as well end up end out wherever life Mm -hmm. takes them so it doesn't in the big picture it doesn't mean anything it's still really painful and but but i think sometimes life gives us these quests to conquer them and Sometimes some people get them really early in life, which is very unfortunate, and some people get them later in life, and Mm -hmm. they might as well not handle them very well, whereas the people who deal with shit at a very young age might handle them amazing. Mm -hmm. So stick to it, it will get better eventually. Yes. And I feel that you could see that in Stranger Things Season 3 quite well, that you could end up and be whatever. One part that I really liked about steve's character is when he was talking with robin and he was saying how he um and she she had said to him how he never even noticed her and she was like jealous or staring at him or whatever i mean it turns out she wasn't but she she that conversation was happening and he he said to her like you know it wasn't all that it was cracked up to be you know like it wasn't everything that i thought that that it like it wasn't everything because i missed out on getting to know people like you yeah i was worried about my image and and this and that and I think he turned out to be a really great character. He he even even in that season he was mostly out for the joke and he was trying to keep that image up most of the time, but I felt that he had really great reactions to a lot of things that happened mm-hmm. during the season, but I f- feel he he came a long way from as you said from the very first season to to being actually Maybe he doesn't seem like he's making it right now because he's working in an ice cream shop, but he came pretty far as a person and I think is going to lead him to lead a really great life because mm-hmm. he he learned a lot of things, he learned a lot of lessons and he beca- he turned out to be an actual decent human being. As you said, a nice guy. Yeah, I'm on Team Steve. I don't know what the teams are for, but I'm on Team Steve. Team Steve. Always. Yes, I do like him more now, I have to admit. 
He was pretty funny. I do like Robin a lot this season, though. Robin was great, yeah. That's the one that, if I would pick my favorite character this season, it would be her. I don't know, yeah. maybe because, I don't know, yeah, I don't know why. Because he is that, he, she has that whatever, you know, so, so that, that I'm interested in the things I'm interested in. And I don't give a shit if anybody or if anyone cares about what I'm interested in. So I think she is embracing her weirdness in a totally different kind of way than the others do. Mm-hmm. So they are all, like all the boys obviously are totally excited and totally geeking out Dungeons and Dragons with all the wizarding stuff and all that jazz. But she, she just... She's probably also interested in a lot of weird things, but she just couldn't care less about what the other people think about her in that moment. And she, I feel, then on the other hand, seems to be the opposite part of really resilient in that time because apparently her school wasn't that great. Her her experience in school wasn't amazing. But she came out as whatever, man. Mm-hmm. She kind of takes what life is throwing her and, and yeah. just deals with it, yeah. Yeah, and really... Related to her, I don't know. Thinking she was a about no. very cool character. Yeah, yeah. Because even if I think about all the other kids, maybe I can't properly re- relate because they're really young. Really, they're very I, young. I do like them, and I really like Eleven and how she is dealing with all and how they deal with their relationship and stuff. It's really cute to see. Mm-hmm. I would be young and in love. Well, that was a long, long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> One relationship that. I both loved and hated was Nancy and Jonathan. Yeah. (laughs) Nancy as a character for me, she comes across at times as like really whiny and annoying. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, even though she's probably really clued into things, she's just really annoying. I totally get what you're saying. Because even when you think about whatever she did and all her aspirations during that season, she still comes off as such a pain in the ass sometimes. Mm -hmm. And she had her really strong moments where I'm like, go girl, and yes. But also I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. And but one thing that I did like that, I mean, I love to hate it, I should say, is the way that they went at her newspaper job when she would like go to the senior white men with like a story or something and they were just so awful to her. Yeah. And I was like, I love that this show is showing this issue that was common in the 80s but is still common now. Yeah. Like they were just, this is happening and this is shitty. So I love that they showed that. Obviously, I hate it. Um, but then with Jonathan kind of taking their side, I was like, no, Jonathan, you're a decent person. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. it's. I find it generally really interesting in that season because obviously it was in the 80s and I would assume that in the 80s everything was still very patriarchal. Though they tried to... So they said it in the 80s, but they made the females really strong still. So Mm -hmm. as you said, they showed what's going on. And and even though all of that, you still had a feeling that all the characters, all the female characters were really strong and that they were empowered and powerful and they were doing what they were wanted to do, even though in the 80s, it probably was way harder than they portrayed it. But I feel, as you said, they had a, they gave us a, a, a glimpse of what it was like. And as you said, probably still is like in a lot of places and a lot of cases. And yeah, I don't know. There was one, th- what I, I recent. oh, it was with Glee where I was a bit annoyed how they handled something. Because sometimes I think TV really is important to s- make stuff visible because mm-hmm. you see it all the time and, 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 and you need... It, it, it deals it, or it, it can function or it does function as some sort of education for a lot of people, which is sad. But you need to see things and you need to see how people handle th- situations because sometimes you just haven't you haven't seen it before. And in Glee, there was one moment where one a guy 
said that he was molested by a girl when he was who was his babysitter and i feel the situation how they handled it in glee was really annoying so that's why i think it's really as you said jonathan was going with it and was defending the situation that gives me the sometimes i feel it's necessary to even though the times were like this back then maybe they should have portrayed it differently and him being more supportive of her in that moment mm-hmm. just because that is something that people now watch and then then it's a reference point even though it's not historically correct in that moment but you need people to support you and i feel tv should show that sometimes even more whereas what actually happened in stranger things is like yeah okay they both got fired from their jobs because of her like drive and determination to get to the bottom of this story and so they both got fired like he got punished for her basically um, and then he was just so angry with her. And I don't know, it was just, I I think they could have done it better. Yeah. Like you say. Yeah. I think they should have done it better as well. It's easy to blame people for something that they have no influence in. Yes, she could have kept quiet, but it's not her fault that they fired her. So you can't blame her for something someone else did because they are assholes. But yeah. she was just the next best thing to blame, so... That's where it went. I mean, that's also real life sometimes. But it's okay because all those like newspaper guys, they got flayed anyways. So, you know, I'm not sad about that. (laughs) I think that was that was probably an intentional choice to get rid of all of those assholes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And you were really happy that they were all gone by the end. Well, I mean, those idiots. You said your favorite two characters, like, relationships were Steve and Dustin and Max and Eleven. Mm-hmm. What about you? Did you have favorite relationships? Or anything you wanted to talk about relationship-wise? I would definitely think... I don't know if Max and Eleven was my favorite, favorite relationship. I really like the way they bonded. I'm not 100% down for how Max tried to also influence Eleven into a certain place that she thinks she's in and that's how the way that's the way how you should deal with it. I feel it was really nice how mm-hmm. Mike and Eleven got back together. Mm-hmm. That he realized it was about being worried about her. That's what drove him to be not that he doesn't want to share her, but he was he was worried, and that's a different place to come from than what they always made him look like. That he just doesn't want to share her with anyone, and he just wants to put her down. And and that wasn't the case. I found that really cute to see. And I mean, <laughs> my favorite scene of the entire series was at the very end with Dustin and over the radio that was Uh, that scene was amazing i had goosebumps because do you think they actually sang i like to think that they actually sang i think i did google that because i couldn't believe it was so good it was very good the thing that i liked about that scene is that they're singing the never-ending story right and they they sang it a little bit and i was like oh that'll be it but no it kept going they kept (laughs) singing and there was scenes of all this destruction and this, all this like <laughs> horror monsters and like just everything that's happening and then like the saddest part of the entire show like was happening and the explosions and it was just like this was all going on while they were singing and it was so 80s and it was so epic and it was so amazing and so hilarious like it was just everything all it's at once true. <laughs> it was hitting a lot of emotional buttons yeah I mean, like, you didn't know whether to laugh or to cry. (laughs) (laughs) I was, I just, yeah, I really love that. I really did. Because, first of all, good singing generally gives me the chills, right? Mm -hmm. So those two starting to sing and being all in it. And he was just not, I mean, he was a bit embarrassed. But for her, he did it anyway, even though he knew exactly that everybody's listening listening and he's gonna get teased for it for probably the next couple of years but he still was giving it his all and it was just so good it was so good it was amazing (laughs) 
I, I would go as far as I would actually buy the song if they had it. <laughs> because I'm just it was just so cool. I mean, you never know. Maybe it's going to be released on Spotify. I would love that. <laughs> I think I already looked for it, but I didn't find it. Maybe anything. it's not out yet. Yeah, I would appreciate it if that came out. <laughs> I hope so. Seriously appreciate. Yeah, that was... And I feel... Yeah, maybe that's... Yeah. I feel it hit a lot of buttons emotionally for me this time. Mm-hmm. I didn't... Yes, in the first few seasons it was difficult because got abducted, lost, got abducted again, blah. But I didn't have a tense, intense emotional connection yet. But now I feel I do more. I, yeah. I'm more invested in the characters now. I'm, I'm relating to it more. I'm more rooting for them. For some, I'm not really rooting for. Um, yeah, but I really enjoyed the general portrayal of women being really badass this time. Let's talk about Joyce. We can talk about Joyce. I appreciated her more this this season than in the last two. <laughs> I know. I was going to say that when I was listening to last week's episode, you were saying how you never really, really rated her in the past. Like, you kind of thought she was annoying. Yeah. And Tom made the pretty valid point that, well, her son was mind flayed and she was a wee bit antsy about that, you know. Yeah. Um, but there was a the whole, like, christmas light thing and she was, like, super innovative. But yeah, I don't know. The thing with this season, like, sorry, we're just going to put Joyce on, like, hold for two seconds, is that it was always the women in this season that were figuring shit out. Did you notice that? Like, it was Joyce knew that there was something wrong with the electromagnetic field. It was Eleven, you know, doing the shit. (laughs) Well. It was Max realizing that, like, there was something weird going on with the relationship between, like, Eleven and Mike. And it was Robin solving the Russian code, and it was Erica, who we are totally going to talk about. Ooh, Erica yeah. being, like, the most badass little nerd I've ever met in my life. <laughs> uh, and it was Susie being, like, the end girl, because... The savior in the end. The savior, who, even though, like, Dustin is super, super smart and should know the code that she needed to know, like, he, he didn't. But nope, Susie saved the day. Like, it was all the women who actually made this happen. That's true. And I feel Hopper was really annoying me, though. In Like, some in between. In a few episodes, not at the very end, obviously, but in between a few episodes, I was like, you're just really a pain in the ass now. He was, like, taking that whole 80s image and 80s, like, Hawaii Five-O. What is it with that shirt, though? Jeez. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> he was not a guy to wear that kind it of shirt. It was so 80s. It was perfect. Everything about it. No, I think yeah. he didn't have the stature for that shirt. <laughs> didn't flatter him at all. I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> I think he could pull up a Hawaiian shirt with different colors. I would still be totally fine with it, but that one was just the worst choice. <laughs> oh. Literally as well. <laughs> yeah. Worst choice. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and I hear you. She had it a tough time in the first two seasons. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Was it? I can't remember. Did were men in charge in the last few seasons more? Did they figure shit out more? I mean, Hopo was very. I mean, I I feel like the men definitely had a maybe a stronger sense of direction for a lot of it. I mean, other than L, because like she's mentally connected to this thing. Yeah, I kind of feel like they were leading the way or paving what was happening where this season like well Joyce is a good example like in the first few couple seasons she was a bit weaker and kind of whiny and yeah her son was you know taken to the upside down but um but in this season she was like no there's something wrong we need to fix it Harper Hopper come on (laughs) like let's do this I feel what they did this season is they took away I mean Eleven is obviously still the one with the biggest powers and everything, but they depended for two seasons very much on her abilities. And that was all it was, all they could do somehow. But in this season, everybody had their place in that entire puzzle and in that entire machine and, and had their own responsibility that was really important for the positive outcome of it all. Whereas before, it was mainly Eleven, go save our asses. 
somehow. Yeah, that's that's one thing I really liked about this season because like you were following kind of four different stories that mm-hmm. were all connected, but nobody knew that they were connected because like cell phones and mobile phones, they didn't exist. So you couldn't just call them and be like, uh, hey, mom, uh, we're experiencing like an upside down kind of thing. And she's like, oh, my God son i'm <laughs> i'm in a russian base like <laughs> let me call someone real quick yeah like they they couldn't communicate that to each other until all of a sudden they could with the walkie talkies like they yeah. were they were out of, out of bounds and everything or out of out of radio reception so i did like that a lot about this episode yeah. that there was the four stories that were the same same story but totally different aspects of it yeah and that everybody had something to make the situation better like like dustin had his job erica had her job robin had her job all of them had something to do with the positive outcome and Mm -hmm. if they hadn't done it then it wouldn't have worked so it was really a big huge puzzle that they were building this time Mm -hmm. maybe that's why yeah i'm totally talking myself (laughs) into really loving this season and realizing why i do it's such a good season and yeah, talking about it, it makes it even better. I'm like, yeah. I want to watch it again now that I've got our commentary on it. Yeah. Our commentary is awesome. It was really great writing this time. Do you know if they switched writers? Oh, I'm not sure. There are not a lot of women writing also. Hmm, Sad times. actually. Good on the like the friendship side. And as, as we've determined, that's not something that men are super strong in writing mm-hmm. not impossible as we can see yeah but it wouldn't be their like no strongest great, great job this time duffer brothers mm-hmm. who direct and write as well uh so let's talk about erica okay we did, did we really talk about joyce sorry i feel like we skipped over her hi joyce bye joyce, joyce you were awesome and badass yeah. this season yeah you made a great progress as well and don't hate you anymore <laughs> yeah that, that's something well, I didn't hate hate her. I was just not a big fan. I generally I just connected more with everyone this season, which is a good thing. Yeah, Erica. So Erica. Though. Erica. What a cool little girl. She was so freaking awesome. I think that's also something that is so awesome representation wise because he's just the most badass girl of color you can imagine. Who just does not give a shit what everybody else is saying and has the strongest opinions. Uh, I guess eight-year-old girl, nine-year-old girl can't even She's have. She's ten, on I think. Planet Earth. Was she ten? ten? Yeah. If I had, if I would have some recollection of how old they were, <laughs> but I mean, come on. She's just. I mean, we got a glimpse of her in the last season, didn't we? She was always super hardcore to her brother and was just saying like, "You idiot! You have no <laughs> idea. You're unpopular. Like, what are you even saying?" And turns out she's just as well, just same kind of nerd, but in her own way. Yeah. I, I, my my favorite line was when she said to Dustin, like, I'm a nerd, but I'm not a nerd nerd. <laughs> <laughs> or something along those lines. It was fabulous. <laughs> I think Dustin basically described our entire stance on geekdom when he talked to Erica. When he said, you might not play Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons, but girl, you love My Little Pony too much to call yourself not a geek or not a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just, yeah, preach it. <laughs> yeah, she's just amazing. Amazing. She had so much attitude. Like when she kept going into the ice cream shop uh, to get ice cream from Steve and Robin and she was like, I want to try that flavor and that flavor and I want that one again. And like they were just, you can't just have unlimited samples. And she was like, yes, I can. <laughs> like she just had so much attitude and you were like, oh, she's just a really bratty kid. Like she's this, she's just a brat. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh no, she's a nerd brat. And that makes her cool. I don't, I never thought <laughs> she was a brat. Seriously. No, no, no I, I totally don't got brat. Because if, if, like, if I was working in an ice cream shop in the mall and the same girl kept coming in and she was, like, kind of snotty and being like, I'm going to have that ice cream. like I would be totally annoyed by her as well, 100%. But I think it's not very rare that... And I feel it's different from being a brat. There is also a thin line between being a brat 
and knowing exactly what you want and how you can get there. Mm. Because being a brat is often, I'm just being an asshole out of principle. But I think Erica is just really strong-minded. And if she sets her mind on something, she know how to. She knows how to get there and how to achieve it. And that I find really admirable for a girl her age. Yeah, okay. When you put it like that, I, I'm just going to take that all the way back. I don't think she's a brat. <laughs> You've just completely changed my perspective on that. And I'm like, huh, yep. <laughs> I have my moments sometimes. You do. You do. <laughs> yeah, she was really awesome. She was amazing and like she really was kind of a lifesaver. Yeah. And just like the the one thing that I really don't get though. Like okay, I know it's the 80s and I know that like parenting was a bit more relaxed, but like did these parents not give a shit where their what their kids were doing ever? <laughs> but how long is a time frame though? I don't know. So, like, how long were they in an underground Russian lab? Like, they can't. It, we talk about probably an afternoon of situation when they were really out of their way. Hmm. Maybe one know. afternoon until the evening. I don't know. I don't know what the time situation is, but I just feel like nobody really gives all that. Yeah. I don't know. They just don't don't seem to. I don't know. I was like, Do you I know was where very your children sheltered. are. <laughs> <laughs> I was very sheltered, so someone would have noticed if I didn't come back home after a while. Same. I grew up on like a main street, um, like it was not it was it was not like a suburb street. It, we were in the suburbs, but we were on like a main street of the suburbs. So I wasn't allowed to just go out and play on the street or whatever. On like, yeah. it was different if I was at my friend's house, which yes, she was only one street over from me, but it was like a suburb street, whereas yeah. we were on the main street, so it was different yeah for sure so there's two other characters i want to talk about really quickly so i'm going to talk about the one that's a total bummer first and then i'm going to talk about not a bummer well it's kind of a bummer but okay so billy (sighs) billy is such an asshole right we we totally yeah we didn't like him we don't like him we didn't like him in season two we really didn't like him in season three up to a certain point but billy we got to see for the very first time a glimpse into Billy's past, and he was yeah. abused as a kid. Yeah. And... It was so sad. It was super sad. Like, it was awful. And, and it's... Yeah. Really bringing that whole toxic masculinity, breeding toxic masculinity into this. Yeah. 100%. Also that sometimes, because you could see, at least in the very end, that he's not evil to the core... He's just very, very, very hurt. He turned it around, period. I mean, I still don't like him, but I feel felt really s- sad when you could see his past and got a glimpse into his past and you could at least be understanding. That doesn't make him a better person, obviously, but it was really still very painful to see mm-hmm. how life got to him somehow and that he wasn't born like this. And nobody no, ever is. No, but you're, you grow up the way that you're treated. Yeah. Yeah. So give a thought for the bullies in your life, I guess, because they've probably had a really shitty upbringing. Yeah. Or they're just really shitty people. Like there's, that. that's also an option. I think it's sometimes such a, so hard to, I don't ever think that this is an excuse for something that doesn't make it better. I think it would. It's important what you make of it in the end. So, yes, if you treat people in a shit way, then that's obviously horrible. And But then to excuse it with you had a horrible childhood is, yes, it makes it more understandable, but that doesn't mean you have to repeat what happened to you. So, mm-hmm. But that needs a lot of reflection on your own behalf. And I also think that not every person on this planet is able to do that for themselves. No. And who's the other the other bummer? So I want to want to end the episode on a kind of happy note. Yes. I say kind of because well, this is stranger things. <laughs> so Alexei, the Russian scientist, was the cutest man ever. His facial expressions, his like just communication, his, I just I loved everything about his character. I thought he was amazing. I loved how the, I forgot his name, who translated for him. Murray. I think that actor 
has something not very likable around about him. And I don't know if I remember him from something else that I saw where he was a super douche and that what stuck. But he's so weird in a weird way that he's not... You don't look at him and like, I like you. You look at him <laughs> like, you're really weird. But I like the relationship between him and Alexei. Yes, it was amazing. When they were sitting in the back of the car and being like, what do you mean? Hopper and Joyce haven't had sex yet. <laughs> <laughs> And then they just started laughing, and Tom and I were literally sitting in the living room, like, watching this, and we were laughing along with them. <laughs> just that that relationship was, it really did it for me. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I agree with you, though, that Alexi was really nice. Mm-hmm. And that he just enjoyed the, the miracle in life, and that's, I think it took away a bit from that stereotypical thing that the US often does in movies as to portray Russia as this one evil thing or China as this one evil thing depending on where in history they're located with their movie. So now they have this one likable Russian guy that seemed to be kind of evil at the beginning but then turned around to be actually really hilarious and Mm -hmm. as you say really likable really likable and i just want to say that there was at least two likable russian guys in this because there was the russian guard at the very end and murray was all like what he was a nice guy (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember that when they like snuck uh murray and joyce and hopper all snuck into the russian base and like uh the the guard and murray and him just like got in a conversation and then joyce was like what the fuck man like Why'd you why'd you talk so much? And he was just like, What? He was a nice guy. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. When they then drove away with the cart. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was funny, yeah. I mean, as you say, Murray's kind of he's kind of hilarious, but in a weird way. Yeah, I wouldn't say that he's a super likable character. He yeah. always does play those more awkward on the outside looking in kind of like you're not really sure is he a good guy is he a bad guy but he's gonna play like this weird awkward comic element yeah Um, but it worked and yeah there was not a lot i didn't like about this season in fact i can say that i don't think that there was anything that i can say like i didn't like that i'm not sure how happy i am about the ending that's one thing okay but we're not talking about the ending we're not talking about the ending or as little spoilers as possible yes (laughs) but not the ending Oh, I don't think we've spoiled too much, have we? No. I mean, I don't know what series it must be that I would be... Or how they could spin that grossy alien thing around. Because of that, I'm really not a fan. But I don't know what else to use instead. So I probably, I assume I have to stick to it now. Other than that, I really think I'm hooked now. Well, it only took you three seasons, but I'm glad you're there. Yeah, I mean, it was not as a, that as if I was hooked on Game of Thrones from season one. Hmm. I sometimes just watch so much of it that I then stop look that I then want to know what's happening. I really didn't like Big Bang Theory in the beginning. I was just thinking what crap show that even <laughs> is. And then I really liked it. Maybe you just don't like shows at the beginning. I don't know. Doesn't also does not sound like me. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if you went back and watched seasons one, two, and three again of Stranger Things, if you would like the first seasons more now. Maybe. We can try that when I'm on my next binge session. Yeah. Sounds good. Because it's not as if I don't rewatch series at all. Yep. Hi, Gilmore Girls. Hi, Dawson's Creek. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Cool. Cool. Um, Well, that's what we have for you in terms of Stranger Things, but I do want to give a shout out actually to one of our listeners and our newest Patreon supporter, and that is to Jonathan Bloom, aka Frasley the Gnome. He is the awesome gnome, though. He is the awesome gnome. In all the ways. In every single way. So Frasley is, like, just awesome. Always. You can find him on Twitter. Uh, Frazzlytastic. And he's been on the show before. He was on our 25th episode. He gave us a little, had a little interview with him. So thank you so much, Frazzly. It means an awful lot that you have supported us on Patreon. Thanks so much, Frazzly. Woo. Woo. And if you want to become a patron as well, you can check 
us out at patreon.com slash geekhearing. And we would love you forever if you did. Obviously. We would appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And you get your own Geek Herring shout-out, and that's cool, right? That's the best. Yeah. Best of the best. I mean, I would say. <laughs> no, it's, it's like, um, I don't think there's anything cooler than that. No. No. But we might be biased. I just throw that into no, the No, we're mix. not. No. No. Just, no. That's <laughs> it. That's the be-all, end-all, coolest thing ever. Shout-out and Geek yeah. Herring. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you convinced me now. <laughs> awesome. So cool. thanks for tuning in this week. It was a pleasure. Oh, the pleasure was ours. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Bye. If you like this episode of Geek Herring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Herring and over on geekherring.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.